1: Hello friends and welcome to the end of season one Q&A session. I'm Hero, the creator and writer and everything else -er of Monstrous Agonies and I'm joined today by Sophie B, whose voice you'll know from episode 34 where they played The Understudy. Hello! Before we start, just to say we're recording this in my living room rather than under strict studio
2: conditions in a wardrobe full of blankets so please interpret this sound quality generously. Our first question actually comes from two of your listeners, Radical Reliable Randomness and Leslie. Both ask the kind of the good starting point question for any Q&A, which is what gave you the idea for the podcast in the first place and specifically what drew you to the advice segment format?
1: I uh, remember getting these questions because I realized I don't know.
2: <laughs> this is a really great way to start a Q&A. Yeah. It's like, "Oh yeah, that's a really good question. I have no idea." I'm going to give you though.
1: a I'm going to give you a nice easy first question to start off on. What why this podcast? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? I don't know. No, I don't remember. I know why I picked a podcast rather than anything else, and that was because uh I y- Because if they are like the only original fiction that I can think of where you go straight to your audience. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go through an editor, you don't have to go through a marketing team, you don't have to jump through any hoops. And not only... Obviously, there's there's self-publishing and and people put their own fiction out there. But the difference is that most people who read books don't read self-published books. Most people who watch films... Don't watch little student films published uh, on YouTube. Yeah, you know most most people who listen to music aren't listening to people's random soundclouds. Whereas most people who listen to fiction podcasts are listening to people in their wardrobes, yeah. <laughs> covered in blankets. I'll just listen to any old thing. <laughs> they have no set. So the reason I play the podcast is because
2: podcast audiences have no standards. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> this is uh... a. <laughs> This is what a hero thinks of you yeah. all. Yeah,
1: and I was like, they're my people. Um, <laughs>
2: people with zero
1: standards. Zero <laughs> um, And so, and then working backwards from that, I was like, well, I want something that I can do on my own as somebody who doesn't have a great deal of sound engineering or voice acting experience or anything like that. And it was in lockdown as well. So I was like, well, it can't be something that requires me to rely on either the... Skills of other people because I don't know anybody else who makes podcasts, mm-hmm. or the the like mental capacity. <laughs> like genuinely, it was a stressful year, yeah. And I don't think anybody wanted me to come in, wanting them to record every week. And
2: yes, exactly.
1: And, do you know what I mean? So it was something that I was like, I really need to be able to do this on the, on my own. So a radio show made the most sense. And then how do you have a radio show with as many voices and stories as possible without actually having any voices? Yeah. Um, and so the, the uh, advice section sort of segment idea came out of it. Like basically, and, and also why radio, why an advice segment? Because I don't ever, ever want to put any sound effects on anything. You have said this to me multiple times. <laughs>
2: No sound effects, no effort. No. Just the just you by yourself in a wardrobe. Just me
1: and my art. Yeah. My my muse and my wardrobe. Um yeah, I don't want to sit on soundeffects.com or whatever it is. I don't I I hate that. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. Oh I hate it. So a podcast and a an advice segment podcast. Partly because I think that the basic uh, medium is very punk and cool and partly because I'm incredibly lazy as a creator and I I wanted something I wouldn't have to do a lot of work on.
2: Excellent so on that note Leslie once again they ask what was the first episode you ever came up with? Did you plan ahead? Was there a sort of narrative arc you wanted to follow or did you just kind of take it one week at a time as it came?
1: Uh, I did it all in order, basically, um because what I did was I sat down well before I started writing and came up with a list of as many agonies as I could, and just a huge like there's there's still about forty or so sitting there that I probably won't get to because some of them are rubbish, you know, some of them are like Kraken doesn't like new boats <laughs> like, <laughs> upsets its Tommy, <laughs> like, you know, or
2: vampire. Tooth dreams. Vampire tooth dreams. Vampire tooth dreams. (laughs) I wish we had your notebook of ideas, like, in front of us right now. I would love to just read a little list of them out for everyone. Yeah, and... (laughs) To see how much the listeners helped to shape this great
1: thing that you make. It really did. (laughs) Um, But I came up with enough for, like, more than enough um, to kind of also reassure myself that this wasn't going to be, that I was going to get 10 weeks in and run out of ideas. So the first episode I came up with was the first agony in the show. It's the one who's, uh, it's uh, someone who's jealous of their partner, their immortal partner, because they say that they slept with Shakespeare and Byron and Richard II. And there was a bit of chopping and changing as it went on. Um, And as we started getting submissions as well, um, obviously I was going to prioritise other people's much better and funnier ideas. <laughs> oh, come
2: on. Don't be so No, my, mine are great. Mine are great. But like, yeah, I, the submissions are cracking. So along those lines, um, Radical Reliable Randomness asks if you have a particular favourite submission. And Leslie also asks if you have a favourite of your letters. So what's the pinnacle mm. of an agony <laughs> from both you and the uh, listeners? Um, so,
1: oh, submissions... I really I feel like one of the I feel like a politician when I I was like, about
2: to say you're about to give a oh, very political but they're answer. All so I could good. see I could see your stature changing, you sort yes. of your face changed into that sort of well, I I must say. Yeah.
1: But they are, because I think the thing about the agonies, the submissions, is that that other people's brains nobody's t- nobody's brains work in the same way, right? So you can see when I'm thinking through an agony, because I think of kind of the same thing. Like you asked me for a werewolf Story, and I'm like, Oh, uh, well, boyfriend shoes, slippers, and somebody else is like, Okay, but what if there was like a blood purity issue about like the manner in which you got turned and like the trauma of your turning? I'm like, oh, That's very interesting. So it's hard to pick a favorite submission because they're all coming from such different and exciting places, you know. Now, the the, the Wolver, the, the Scottish Wolver, who's like, the woman who's like, Oh, I've just moved to this little island and somebody keeps leaving fish on my door. Yes. Oh, he's so
2: cute. <laughs> oh,
1: he's so cute. Um, I really like that one. Oh, the one... The one that... R-Space. Thank you, R-Space, for that. Um, the one that R-Space submitted that was... Um, it was the person whose friend is a shapeshifter and they're like but how do I know the real them? That was like, that was brilliant because like sometimes I get a submission and I immediately know what the answer is. And it's almost always like, have you tried talking to me?
2: <laughs> have you spoken to this person recently? <laughs> <Have Tell> you <laughs> them about your feelings. I'm a sultry posho yep. and I'm here to tell you <laughs> what to do. Exactly.
1: That was, yeah, you're going to replace me yes. next, next season. Um, yeah, but sometimes I get them and I'm, completely stumped and I'm like I I do not know what the answer
2: to this and is. And that was one of them. That the was one, of them. one. It yeah. w- it was a brilliant submission. It was, it was really so good.
1: And I was sat in the bath because I write quite a lot in the bath and I was sat there and I was like god what
2: is the true self? <laughs> 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 like, but I think that's the best place to ponder that sort of question. Yes. Is in the dub It is. Um and then
1: favorite ones that I wrote. I'm really proud of the banshee because of how many people have written and been like made me cry yeah i've seen a lot of tears
2: shed over the banshee (sighs) yeah and that's really the only reason you get into fiction just to make people cry yeah the next question comes from fire and actually it's kind of this is a triple parter question because there are three people who've asked very similar things so i'm going to do a really good thing where i try and merge them all into one question and be very smart about it so let's see what happens so Fire, um she asks if you have a particular species or um, genus in mind for the presenter or is that something that will be revealed later so you can plead the fifth on that one. I think that's what pleading the fifth means. I don't know. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not an American. I'm going to swear on the Magna Carta. <laughs> I don't think that that's the same thing. Um, both Anon and Matthew would like to know whether you, Hero, personally, would like to tell us which creature you most vibe with. I'd like to say you, hero, in case I think you're talking to a different you. Well, I know, I'm just specifying <laughs> that it's I a different hero. question from you as the presenter oh. versus you as the real human Do that you, know, you presumably are. <laughs> allegedly.
1: <laughs> allegedly human. Mm-hmm. It doesn't occur to me that anybody would uh, think of me as the presenter, but, which is very funny. Yeah, it's very funny because, <laughs> because you are. I am. But I'm like, I am not a sultry posho. I'm um, a posh. Yeah. Uh, so, species in mind for the presenter? Uh, no, I uh, no to both. I don't have anything in mind when I'm writing, and I don't imagine that I'll change that. And is there se- a particular and- reason for that? Well, yeah. I, I uh, uh, again, I am not the presenter who always has an answer immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I love my favorite thing about monstrous agonies is is leaving as much
2: space... I'm, I'm a very lazy writer, and I want to... Yeah, I was about to say, this again feels like a... <laughs> I didn't want to do a lot of work, so I'm leaving it up to you, Lister. Yeah.
1: Well, I am, but I, I like that. I don't think you need that information, and I think it is more fun not to have it. I think it's good for writers to know things that that you don't necessarily say because it just means that you're writing to a consistent idea, to a consistent world. It's like when you're world building, you don't actually have to tell everybody how elections are held in Narnia. You can just, you know. Yeah, just everyone okay. turns up at the big rock and. Exactly. Yeah. famous thing, do not have elections in Narnia. <laughs> free Narnia. Hashtag free <laughs> Narnia. Um, but yeah, so I, I and, and, and I actually don't have a particular genus in mind uh, for the presenter. I love that we've, got a couple of bits of fan art so far and they look completely different. Yeah,
2: wildly different. Right? <laughs> there are no real, like, similar markers mm-hmm. among what you've got so far. It's yeah. just very much like, here is my interpretation, which yeah. is really, really brilliant to see. It's really cool and really
1: exciting and I want that to be happening for as long as possible. Yeah. So I'm not going to be like, oh, the the presenter definitely has five heads and and. A I was going to
2: say five heads. arms. Ooh. Yeah so there we go and then so the next part of that is you Mm -hmm. if you were going to be a creature in monstrous agonies if you were sitting there thinking i need to write a letter and get some answers to my problems Mm -hmm. what would your genus be i would definitely be like some i would be something small
1: and hairy and i live down the back of the sofa and i steal your biscuits when you sit down with a cup of tea and you put your biscuits on the armchair sofa on the arm of the sofa. And then you look around and the biscuits are gone. Mm -hmm. And that was me. And that was you. And my problem is that the person whose house I have infested um, doesn't buy the biscuits
2: that I like. And I don't know how to influence that. Oh, I'm sure you'd find a way. Oh, I'm (laughs) sure you'd absolutely find a way. How about you? Oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh no! (laughs) ask the questions, not answer them. Um, Me personally, as Sophie B, if I was going to be a creature... I know it's kind of a, not a boring answer, but I just think I'd like to be a ghost. Like, I just think that, I love ghosts. I love ghost media. I can see you're trying not to <laughs> make fun of me because of how often I make things that involve ghosts. Yeah. I just think ghosts are very, very I cool. I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. I do. MargeSimpson.jpg. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I would just think I would be a ghost. And I think my particular issue as a ghost would be that... Nobody was trying to solve my death. <laughs> I think I would have died of natural causes. Yeah. But I would want there to be someone involved enough to want to find out what happened to me. Amazing. Um, But nothing. Th- so I would like be doing ghostly things, leaving little clues around that are false mm. to make it look like something terrible had happened to me. But it, no one would be picking up on them. Cause... I love that you have picked. You're like, I actively want
1: to, to not be actually interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually want to have a backstory.
2: Well, I don't I just don't want to have a tragic I, death. Okay, you but just I want, want all of the fun it. that comes with you like You just want people. the neurosis. I just want yeah, I just want people to want to solve my tragic death without having to had tragically die in the first Amazing. place. Wonderful. Yeah. That's okay. beautiful. So, we're going to keep on with the creature questions um because you have an anonymous question submission which talks about Uh, On the Tumblr, which if you aren't following the Monstrous Agonies Tumblr already, you should be. There's memes and fan art and all sorts of fun things. It's at Monstrous Agonies. On the Tumblr, you've mentioned that in the MA universe, giant versions (laughs) of regular (laughs) animals exist. I did say
1: that on the Tumblr. You did (laughs) say
2: that on the Tumblr, um, which is very fun. And so this Anon, because they love that idea, wants to know if there are any other kinds of beings, creatures or entities that may never get mentioned but you'll word of God them into Mm. the universe of monstrous agonies. Usually I'm very averse to word of God, but I did say that there are, because
1: there's a picture, uh, somebody has drawn a series of of paintings where it's like the normal world, but there are like giant cats that you can just plant into. And I was like, I may never ever mention this in the show, but I want you all to know that this is the monstrous agonies universe. There's no COVID, only giant cats. Mm -hmm. Nessie exists 100, percent but also is is thriving. Like she has no need to write into the show because she's she's, she's living life. She's having best a great life. life. She has no problems. She's incredibly well adjusted. Mm-hmm. She is just living her life and and loving it, and she's fabulous. Um, so Nessie's having a great time. I think I generally like there are certain things that I like steer clear of, but like like you know the fact that like zeus exists right like (laughs) like there's the the advert about like divine parentage yes like it was probably zeus it was because it was probably Zeus. (laughs) so like zeus exists in this universe but also if you think too hard about what it means for certain gods to exist Mm -hmm. your world breaks a bit you know yeah, like, it,
2: yeah. you then have to get into rules lawyering and exactly, then you're writing Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly, exactly. And I, would you believe, I hate world building because it's real hard and it takes a lot of effort. I feel like a lot of answers to this Q&A are going to be, well, it was very hard to do that. So I did it this way because it was easy.
1: Yeah, work smart, not hard. Um, yeah, obviously. So I, yeah, so um, there are certain things that I'm like, they're definitely out there. I would say,
2: like, if I haven't mentioned it, assume that it's real would be a good rule of thumb. That is a good rule of thumb. Or, if here hasn't mentioned it specifically, but it seems like it would be very funny for it to be real, <laughs> then it probably it is real is. in the world of Monstrous Agonies. Yes, if
1: it's funny, imagine I said it and then tell all of your friends how funny Monstrous
2: Agonies is and give me the praise for the thought that you had. There you have it. And that's the podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> And just before we move on, um, I just want to mention that the artist who you uh, reblogged onto Tumblr, who does the very big animal paintings, is called Mono Kubo for anybody who is interested. Thank you. So go look that up because they are great.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
2: So now we're kind of coming to a string of questions that kind of deal with the, the show uh, in within the universe. <laughs> no, stop. I mean, within the universe itself, sure. existing within the realms of the Monstrous Agonies universe. Mm-hmm. So Emma asks, what other regular shows are on the Night Folk Network? Mm. Who else has a nice little segment that yeah. people tune in to listen to?
1: Well, because there are a few recurring ones in the sign off. There's the book club cookery corner um there's a film Ah, uh, we have a film correspondent who is named after it's called films and filming which <laughs> this is so nerdy and it's so specifically nerdy. really
2: you were about to tell me something nerdy <laughs> <laughs> very out of character it's not just
1: nerdy it's gay nerdy um films and filming was a, a, a film magazine mm-hmm. um in about the 50s to about the 70s and in the 50s and into the 60s it was a a a really important resource for gay men in England um because it was something that they could read in public and it was a film it was absolutely a film magazine yeah it was that legitimate. talked about films, but it also talked about like hunky boys in films <laughs> and had all of these pictures of hunky boys being sexy in films, and it was so known that this was a gay man's magazine mm-hmm. that you know they would leave um classified ads looking for partners uh, in in this magazine um and the film correspondent is named after one of the editors of the actual films and filming magazine um robin bean i think is his name so that that is a that's thing very that's cool. the thing yeah. <laughs> it was just me being like i have just read this chapter in my queer british history book and i'm going to mention it
2: and i'm going to flex on everybody you going to flex on everybody with the yeah. Gay hanky code equivalent of magazines. <laughs>
1: yeah, basically. Yeah.
2: Basically, which is is lit, really.
1: And then it got it became less and less popular the more and more explicitly gay it got. Because it stopped being it stopped being good for film buffs because it was also actually a film magazine. Mm-hmm. And so actual just regular straight film goers would buy it. And so it became less accessible for them. And also it wasn't doing the job of being Kind of plausibly deniable for the gay men anymore because it was so
2: gay. Right? It's amazing how many things were disco before disco. Yes,
1: yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and that was yeah, it was a really cool thing. So there's a a film correspondent. Um, I feel like there's oh what else is there? Oh, there's a celebrity gossip column. There's a celebrity gossip column. I'm gonna word have got it now. There's a celebrity gossip column and it's on just before the presenters bit. Oh, And they yes. hate it. They hate it. That would
2: be mine. They that would be my show. Because
1: they've now got an incredible amount of knowledge about the monster Kardashians. Oh. And they are
2: raging.
1: Yeah, I'm word of God in that.
2: That's incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Or they have to do it. Maybe they're the only presenter on the station and they're just broadcasting 24-7
2: And they hate the celebrity gossip bit because they have to do it. I love that you were like, I'm going to word of God this, and then immediately contradicted yourself. Yeah. yeah. What is God if not a pile of podcast contradictions? I am Janus, the two-headed God. Excellent.
1: (laughs) Moving on. Moving
2: on from that. uh, Because now we can't trust any answers you give. You shouldn't, anyway. No. So Treb. Hi, Treb. Hi, Treb. She wants to know, do you have enough material to do a mini episode of Just Adverts? Because... Trab, you see, finds them very funny. <laughs> Hero, how do you feel about the adverts and having to write them and record them and uh... make adverts for the podcast? A thing you chose to do. A <laughs> thing that nobody made me do.
1: <laughs> that I could just stop doing if I wanted to. I The problem is I love the adverts once they're written. They really make me laugh. They genuinely, like hauntedswords.com... <laughs> I think about that just on my own and, mm-hmm. and, and laugh at my own joke yeah. again, months and months later. I've seen evidence of this. It's very funny. Like, like a lot of the adverts genuinely, I love that they're there and I think that they're really funny. I hate writing them. I hate it. I'm so, I just, I immediately, like the number of times I've just been sitting in the living room on Wednesday morning, like I record well, I should record earlier, but I end up recording on Wednesday afternoon to get it out for Thursday afternoon. Um, and sitting in my armchair on Wednesday morning shouting at my partner, What do monsters have? Monsters what do they need staplers? Do, do monsters need chairs? Do they sit? Do they what do they do? What do monsters go swimming? Monster swimming costume? Is that a thing? Swimming costume that that isn't it's good for spikes what do they have what do they do wing gel gel your wings i just i don't i hate coming up with them and i had because i did what i did what i did with the agonies where i wrote a list of them um but i hated so many of them i have one (laughs) there's one bit of that spreadsheet that just says vpn but it's ghosts (laughs) keep getting to that and i'm going what is that
2: what you don't even know what a vpn is no i was going to say you did yesterday call an hdmi cable an hbmi cable so i just don't (laughs) think you should write any technologically related agonies and or adverts yeah i
1: hbmi hdmi it's a d potato potato yeah potato potato um so i do i have enough agonies to make a mini episode adverts to make a mini episode. No, I barely have
2: enough adverts to make the episode. An, episode. An, episode. <laughs> an episode of the full show. So Sentient Tent, he would like to know if, obviously, you use music in the podcast as a sort of transitional device. But is there any sort of songs in particular that you think represent the podcast? Do you have like a playlist you've made of Monstrous Agony songs? Is there anything along those sorts
1: of I plans? wish that were true. I am the kind of person who listens to one
2: thing yes. forever. Mm-hmm. So I, And that one thing is?
1: Well, I oh, oh, it's The Clash. It's I was going oh. to say it's old school, 70s British punk, but, but it's, it's even more specific. Specifically, it's The Clash. I almost exclusively listen to The Clash, or there's a playlist on uh, YouTube that is every Mitsuki song in chronological order. I listen to that. Which I feel like could, could vibe with a lot of the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I used, to, I used to be with it when <laughs> they changed
2: what it was.
1: Um, but I used to be such a music. I was really, like, used to be really, really into music and I used to know who all the new groups were and, and everything like that and had opinions on things and bought music magazines. Um, whereas now, like, years go by and I haven't listened to a new song mm-hmm. uh, at all. So I really, um, the talking heads, I think, I think the Talking Heads have a monstrous agonies vibe.
2: Yes, but I but I, I can't w- explain it. But they do. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that anything I would do would have a Talking Heads vibe. <laughs> that's like that, I would just find a way to make it happen. That's true.
1: Yeah, you Sophie knows more about music than I do, and is 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 a chronic playlist maker. Yes. So I feel like would have more insight.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, So, just to go on a weird, weird little tangent here, but there's a um, singer-songwriter who I'm really obsessed with called Connie Converse. Is she the lesbian who went missing? She is the supposed lesbian. (laughs) We cannot retroactively decide Uh, that she is, we can't, word of God, Connie Converse, sadly. But, yes, she um, was a singer-songwriter who was around from sort of like the 50s. And when you listen to her music, it's incredible. She basically... Never got big, never made anything. She wrote this absolutely heartbreaking letter to her brother, basically saying that she wasn't made for this earth and she doesn't know how to connect people. And she got into a little, I believe it was a Volkswagen Beetle, Mm -hmm. and drove off into the sunset and was never seen or heard from again. Never seen or heard from again. So um, no one knows really what happened to her. Nobody knows... Uh, whether she died or whether she's been, you know, she's she would be ninety something by now, oh, I believe. Because it was want, the seventies when she. Said, I want her to be something and
1: living with the woman that she met. Yeah. Almost yes, exactly. immediately. Yes. You know. Yeah, because there's
2: obviously as is the case with anybody who, in that time period, was like, I don't fit in this world. <laughs> Queer people saw that and went, "That's me. That's <laughs> me." Um, but the a radio producer found a tape of her uh, songs. And became really obsessed with this woman who sounded so contemporary for a singer songwriter mm-hmm. who existed in the the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he and a partner of his went around trying to collect up all the demos they could. So you can listen to a Connie Converse album on Spotify or wherever you get good music from. Um, but I honestly believe that Connie Converse's music is very monstrous agonies. I think it also the sort of like also the story. The story of her absolutely if yeah. you can uh, if you can devour any connie converse media, I highly recommend Amazing. it. Along the lines of sort of inspirations, so we've gone from music there, but now Jules Jules is fine. Jules
1: is, is fine. Jules is fine. I panicked. Uh this one came in on on Twitter and I didn't know whether to put like their Twitter username or her like yeah, or whether,
2: yeah. I don't so, know how
1: Twitter works. I don't even know how to tell you what name I chose.
2: <laughs> okay, so Jules, who either would like to be fully known as Jules is fine, or is letting us know that she's fine. And in that case, thank you, Jules. I'm glad to know that you're fine. We're also fine here. Yeah. Um, she would like to know if the there was any particular inspiration behind the host of the show. So was there a, um, was there a book mm. or a film or a TV show or another podcast even mm. that influenced how you built the personality and mannerisms of the presenter. I mean, like, it would be wildly
1: false of me to pretend that I haven't ever listened to the Magnus Archives <laughs> or Welcome to Night Vale. Yes, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where you're,
2: you're making, um, you know, a sort of queer horror podcast and it's like, don't mention the Magnus <laughs> Archives, don't mention Welcome to Night Vale.
1: Exactly. I mean, Welcome but- to... Like, I'm... Funnily enough, I'm not really good at listening to
2: podcasts... <laughs> Yes, don't... your attention span doesn't quite manage it, does it?
1: They're too long. <laughs> I can't listen to something for forty minutes mm-hmm. or twenty, to be honest. I can't get bored listening to my own podcast, and I'm like, that's why they're so short. Because <laughs> it's you're making basically you're making the perfect product for you. Yes, and I'm like, I don't want any sound effects because they confuse and alarm me, <laughs> and I want it to be nice and short. Um, but of course. Uh, Cecil Palmer is in the back of my head, yes. As a you know, sultry-voiced weird radio host, mm. you can't get away from that. And of course, the Magnus archives, you know, Jonathan Johnny John Sims, Johnny is, John Johnny John Jovi Sims, Johnny John John Boy Sims, is like, yeah, definitely in it. Not in a conscious way, but in a like, you can't write high fantasy without. Lord of the Rings being in the
2: back Yes, of exactly. I think it's totally natural to, for the things that have come before you in mm. a genre to influence you yeah. and to pretend that they haven't is just to lie. It's just silliness. It's just silliness.
1: Um, who else? Who else? I um, quite, quite notoriously don't realise I'm making references when I write. Um, the number of times that I've written something that has seemed like a really really like quite clever callback um
2: or a reference or something and I have just done it by accident yeah I mean just yesterday we were in the kitchen Mm. and you told me about a very funny line that you'd written (laughs) (laughs) where a character was commenting on another character's <laughs> amount of gay literature, mm. uh, to which the gay character responded, Well, yes, you have to read all these books, otherwise they won't let you do it. Yes. And I very gently informed you that that's actually quite a famous joke from the <laughs> television show Friends. Little known show, you may not have heard of it, listener. But um, it's an infamous interaction between the character yeah. of Ross and his uh, wife's new Carol. lesbian lover. Carol, yes, Carol no. was the wife, Susan oh, is the lesbian Susan's lover. Lesbian. Well, they're both lesbians. They're both lesbians. Good faith. Honestly. good for them. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and you were baffled by this? I was
1: shocked. I had no idea. I have seen friends.
2: Yeah.
1: Quite a lot of it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't. Um, yeah, so, so, uh, if, so you're- if you're hearing influence, it, there is a non zero chance I have consumed that media, chewed it up, composted it, and
2: turned it into the presenter. But I am a Fool. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and I, I also think that um, the presenter speaking as someone who knows you and is your friend. Mm. I think the presenter is quite often some of the very best bits of just you. Because I think you give Shucks. you do though you give excellent advice, and I think you're a very level headed. <laughs>
1: sensible (laughs) person but no nobody's
2: ever said that about me
1: I know nobody has ever said that about me I think I think the narrator uh, the presenter is often saying things that I would like someone to say to me yeah or kind of or you're wish somebody yeah, had said to or me, wish or wish you'd
2: been able to say to someone. It's, exactly. the, it's the perfect advice that you, you know, it's you walk mm. away from an interaction with someone thinking, right. like, "Oh, I should have said that," and it's that you're yeah, giving you, yourself. You're, a I, it's to do very
1: it. funny to me that you're like, "Oh, you're such a sense." I once burst out laughing when somebody told me that their cat had
2: died. I've done that as well because
1: I was just taken aback and yeah. nervous. And I, I, I'm not actually somebody who many of my friends come to for advice. Mm.
2: Uh, I, I, but if like, if you give me time to think, yeah, I can I can get there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. Yeah, I did. Um, one of my friends once came to school very upset, and I was like, "Oh, what's wrong?" And she said, "My cat died." And I didn't burst out laughing at that part, but then she said, "He had kitty AIDS," <laughs> and I just, I mean. Jesus. those two things, like, you know, cat death and AIDS, not funny, but put, put, put phrase <laughs> kitty AIDS in one mouth, and I could not stop laughing, and she didn't speak to me for quite some time after that, oh, so. Oh, I'm not shocked.
1: And on that inspiring note, we come to the end of the first half of our Q&A. The second half will be posted next Thursday. Thanks again to Sophie B for joining me, and a very special thank you to our beautiful volunteer, Rachel, who produced the transcript. Hello to our latest supporter on Patreon, Aziel. Join them at patreon.com slash You can keep in touch and get the latest news about bonus content by following us on Tumblr at Monstrous Agonies and on Twitter at Monstrous underscore pod. You can also submit letters and prompts for Agonies through our social media, on our website and by email. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution on commercial share alike 4.0 international license. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening and remember, the real monsters are the friends we made on the way.